This is the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, or GOSEP. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. Thank you for joining us. First of all, it's a new year and we hope it's a safe one for you and your loved ones. We have already seen several events impacting Louisiana and much of the country, including severe winter weather and flooding. It all goes back to being prepared and having an emergency game plan in place. We would also like to welcome our new director, Jacques Thibodeau, on board. He brings years of experience to GOSEP, and we look forward to helping him and Governor Landry meet their goals and visions for our agency. got important information coming up for parents, students, and faculty regarding school safety plans. Unfortunately, we've seen the number of emergencies on our campuses skyrocket in recent years, so we will address some of those issues coming up. Before we start with our interview, we always like to share a bit of safety and preparedness information. The Mardi Gras season is in full swing here in Louisiana, with visitors from around the world joining the party. You can find information about Mardi Gras and safety and other important information at ready.nola.gov and click on the Mardi Gras link. That's ready.nola.gov. And for more alerts from the City of New Orleans, text Mardi Gras to 77295. Again, text Mardi Gras to 77295. Take a look at that information to help stay informed during this Mardi Gras season. Now on to our interview. Joining us in studio is Travis Thompson, the director of the Louisiana Center for Safe Schools. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I've been uh, anticipating doing this for some time. Now, we understand school safety has become an important issue for GOSEP in the state. Unfortunately, due to the number of shootings and other events on our campuses across the nation, there have already been three school shootings in the U.S. so far this year. There were about 82 across the U.S. in 2023. And according to a recent CNN report, there have been 530 school shootings since 2008. Of course, shootings are just one of the emergencies students and faculty members may face on our campuses. Travis, tell us about the goals for the Louisiana Center for Safe Schools and what can we expect? Well, prior to 2023... There was no single entity responsible for coordinating school resources and monitoring at the state level. The Louisiana Center for Safe Schools was established within GOSEP to serve as a centralized school safety resource to connect local stakeholders for emergency preparedness, planning, training, execution, recovery, and reporting. The center provides information on school safety uh, vulnerabilities, the safety needs that have been identified across the state, training standards, best practices, and also available funding for those needs. Kind of expanding on that a little bit, I know in emergency management, after-action reports are sometimes just as important as as the response. When you look back at, at these other incidents on school campuses, it is, is it important to take those lessons learned from those events and kind of incorporate them into what you're doing? Very much so. So uh, there's been a lot of studies that are conducted at the national level on those after action reports. Uh, the Parkland Commission, uh, the Uvalde debrief, uh, even as far back as the incidents that occurred at Columbine 
and certain adjustments are made in our practices and procedures as far as responding to those crisis or emergencies. There's been a, a lot of advancement, uh, and unfortunately, it has to be partnered with uh, the incidents that take place. Uh, but reviewing the mistakes that may have occurred within those incidents is where we can make true progress. Law enforcement made an adjustment as far as uh, waiting for a four-man team before entering the building. They ruled that out. They said, first person on site, you're going in. Stop the killing. That's the most important thing. So those different uh, protocols that may be in place in the agencies responsible for those responses, uh, the more that they look at them, the more they can learn from them, the better they can improve. So it's always uh, revise, uh, readdress, and reapply. So. Are there a lot of parishes or, or municipalities, you know, working with you guys that are interested in finding out, you know, the ways that these plans need to be uh, executed? We've had an extreme number of requests uh, since launching the center. Honestly, uh, for the past five years, this has been my sole purpose there at GOSEP, uh, school safety, and, and having people become aware that there was an entity that they could reach out to for additional resources or just that conversation and, and them searching for solutions and answers that would be viable for their communities. Uh, we've seen a large response. It's difficult at times being a parent, you know, regardless of what's going on, but what should should parents be looking for and what messages with their children should they be having, you know, uh, as we take a look at, at all of these incidents? I think... One of the most critical pieces is just being able to follow instruction. For those teachers and administrators on those campuses, uh, trying to provide instruction uh, for those youth who are experiencing a potential incident or crisis or emergency, uh, being able to follow instruction, uh, being willing uh, as a parent to take necessary precautions and have those conversations with your children. Um, when we talk school safety, it, it could go as far as the range of uh, cybersecurity, uh, what parents are allowing their, their children to look at online. How do you provide additional safety and security or some visibility to parents to make them aware of the activities that the children, you know, may be engaging in, especially when it comes to peer pressure or just social acceptance amongst, you know, teenagers or the appropriate school age student. Trusting in the school administration is also critical. Knowing that those principals, those superintendents, those school resource officers on those campuses, they have the full intent of protecting their community and their campus. And we just kind of have to trust in the process. Uh, it may not be perfect, but it's better than starting from zero. I know over the past couple of years, we've heard the run, hide, fight yes. term thrown out a lot. Is that still something that parents should be considering telling students? I think it'd be best if they left that determination to administration because it applies, it applies in certain situations. Um, one of the incidents uh, in the Parkland uh, tragedy was that um, the fire alarm goes off during the incident. Uh, there was a, a large caliber rifle being fired in close proximity. Uh, the ceiling tiles, the dust from the ceiling tiles also seemed to be a similar indicator of smoke. So the fire alarm goes off. Uh, the students run, run out of class thinking, oh, get out of the building. Um, there was a, a potential situation where the gunman was 
going up a stairwell at the other end of the hall everyone from the third floor was running down mm. the stairs had he been in the opposite stairwell it could have been extremely more tragic so um i think the new approach to that conversation is you have to take a moment within that incident and kind of use reason do you smell smoke uh, are you hearing something that's gunshots? There's a certain process of elimination or approach to emergencies by ruling out certain false indicators, Is that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's amazing to think about some of the stories with the teachers where they've already put some of these practices in place or maybe, you know, the simple act of locking a door and telling all the kids to be quiet, you know. It, it, I mean, it's crazy to think we have to have these types of conversations nowadays, but, you know, that's true. it's just the reality of, of the times, I guess. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the legislation that went into kind of creating everything you, that's being created here in Louisiana. Yes, sir. So um, it began, I, be, I believe, with uh, Senator Barry Milligan, and he had proposed a bill because he was very much uh, intrigued and uh, in favor of bleed kits in life-saving uh, instances. And as he continued to, to have awareness as far as best practices and things that were being recommended for schools, as well as the legislation that already exists for school safety, he began to take on uh, a better understanding and see how all of those, I guess, efforts would be better woven together. And uh, it eventually ended up being passed uh, in 2023 as Act 334. Um, it, it, it is really um, based on increasing uh, the efficiency of the school safety approach and the planning process as far as those emergency operation plans for the individual campuses. There are uh, an increased requirement for drills and exercises in order for those campuses to become more proficient in their responses. Uh, they have increased those drills from just from beyond two a year and then including specific requirements that we take a look at what is happening in some of our transition times on campus. So when we're, we're talking about the students arriving on campus in the morning, if there's an incident there, do we continue to allow buses to bring students mm -hmm. to the campus? How would we uh, kind of pivot and make a transition or adjustment in our schedule to provide better safety? Um, it also talks about, you think about times where you're at lunch break, so you have large numbers of students in your cafeteria or in your commons area, and what happens if the campus goes into lockdown? We really want our responders and our administrators to take looks at these types of situations because um, drills are good, but let's make them real and practical so we can really learn from them. Um, as a former educator, I know the majority of the time we were always notified there will be a fire drill at such such time. Uh, do not let students out of class. But but in reality, that's not how emergencies occur. Um, it is good practice, and it does give us a baseline as to things that we have to account for as far as our student population. If we have students with special needs, if we have uh, teachers who may be out and there's a substitute in the classroom, we can really take into account some of those 
true scenarios that we may face in reality of the day-to-day in the school building and uh, be more effective when that response is needed. So many different factors, you know, and then sporting events and after-school oh, yes. activities and, you know, there's so many things to consider. And, and again, kind of going back to just the overall theme in emergency management, if you don't practice these things, you know, I think who was it? Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan, plan to, so they get punched. So they in, get punched in the face. Well, here's a an education analogy for you. As far as uh, educators, we're constantly telling our students, "All right, we're going to expose you to these these new ideas, learning objectives, and then we give you practice problems. I want you to do numbers one through thirty three, all the odd, or something like that." but practice, practice, practice so that the students become more proficient and they can meet the the goals and expectations. Uh, Why is that different for adults as far as educators on the campus? That's right. I mean, and again, it's not a pleasant topic. Like nobody likes talking about these things, but, you know, it beats the alternative to to not being prepared if you ever do face this type of crisis. Yes, sir. Um, Now, we understand there's school officials kind kind of helping you guys build this out, but there's also students kind of helping out as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So one of the uh, probably <laughs> most implemental pieces to uh, Senate Bill 207 passing uh, was the Louisiana Legislative Youth Advisory Council's participation. Uh, it's a group of students that that typically are re- recruited across our state. I believe it's 31 and they come together and they talk about school topics and it's not always safety but their focus is trying to come up with an idea that they would like to see drafted into legislation and have that legislation presented. And um, somehow they linked up with Senator Milligan. They were very vocal in the process of having these ideas presented to uh, our our congressional uh, delegates. Um, And they were very convincing because they had their own stories and experiences to add to the conversation. The Louisiana uh, Legislative Youth Advisory Council uh, continued to champion uh, school safety for our state as they competed in the DHS or Department of Homeland Security uh, CISA Invent to Prevent Competition. Last year, they placed first. Mm-hmm. And so the high school students won first place in this national competition in which their sole focus was school safety. Can you think of one or two things they kind of added to the, the conversation? With oh, yes. The, uh, it, it, they were actually uh, the critical piece for increasing the drills. They knew that they felt that they didn't have a good understanding as to what to do if you were in the commons area during a lockout. Hmm. Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in the restroom and I know it's a lockout, the doors are locked, I stay in put, but how do I let someone know where I am? Uh, they had concerns as far as um, feeling that there wasn't enough uh, detail, I guess, instruction for them to follow. Mm-hmm. And so for our administrators and adults to know this, they would... I say, yeah, we may we may need to do uh, a bit more in searching for uh, our input points so that we can be effective. That's awesome to think that they're given that type of input. So that's great to hear. Now, if there is an emergency on campus, what notification systems are you guys looking at or, or what are schools considering when it comes to to keeping their students informed about any potential crisis? So uh, since 2019 we'll say 2019, 
there has been a statewide emergency notification system that has been funded to incorporate notifications for the staff, faculty, and administrators on campus. It is uh, titled the Rave Panic Button. Uh, Rave Motorola is the vendor. Uh, it allows for speeding up emergency notifications on campus uh, via text message, uh, email, as well as an in-app notification. Uh, it requires a little bit of setup at the district level uh, as far as loading employees uh, uh, in order to be able to receive the messages. But I believe it's much more effective than relying on radios and then waiting for an administrator to send an all call over a PA system. Parts of what the disconnect uh, was experienced at Parkland was the fact that until there was a verification by administration, no one wanted to use the PA. No one wanted to be responsible to saying mm-hmm. that there was an actual active shooter on campus until it could be confirmed. However, had you been able to expedite to all teachers, we are in an emergency situation, please go to lockdown then you wouldn't have had the situation with the students running out of the classroom and into the hallway thinking that it was a fire alarm. Hmm. So to be able to share those little nuggets of information to make better decisions, uh, especially during an emergency crisis, is absolute critical because time is never on your side. And it's kind of similar, I guess, to what we're seeing on some of the college campuses where they get the notifications. And- Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, even the emergency notification system that uh, the state is providing to the K-12 institution is also being used on LSU, Hammond, BRCC, and quite a other few college campuses across the state. Uh, they, One of the reasons why they were chosen was because they were so effective in a statewide deployment uh, with GOSEP, we have our, our regions, but also FEMA has their regions. GOSEP, uh, Louisiana is a part of FEMA Region 6, which is Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, Oklahoma, New Mexico. Of those five, four of them have a statewide deployment using the same vendor. And so that, that breeds to more, I guess, community resiliency or regional resiliency because uh, we can share trade notes as far as the things that uh, worked well during our statewide deployment and the things that we may have had to go back to the drawing board on. And we can talk amongst those states to get a better pulse. So I guess if we're having conversations with our, our kids, we need to know, uh, you know, we need to monitor all things, social media and phone and everything. Uh, I mean, but that's a given with <laughs> anything nowadays. But then the other is if there's a notification system, make sure they're aware of that. Get your kids signed up and, and also make sure your schools are are executing these plans. Let me be very clear. So the, the initial emergency notification, that is intended for the faculty and staff. There, there may actually be a school-sponsored system. Some, some schools are taking the lead and providing that service to their students. But again, until, until we can provide a statewide capability for that, uh, our critical piece is making sure that the faculty and staff are able to share information that's critical for decision-making and then the students be able to follow instruction. And any resources parents or, or students can check out to kind of find out more about Absolutely. some of these topics? So if you are able to take a look and visit our website, uh, the lasafeschools.la.gov, 
Uh, we have resources that are intended for the schools, their administrators, uh, your first responders, uh, school resource officers. And uh, we even created a specialized page that was uh, intended to address some of the behavioral and mental health uh, concerns that we saw arising during COVID. And we also, with the amount of legislation that was passed in this past session, felt the need to dedicate a page specifically to Louisiana school safety legislation to make sure that all of our school campuses were able to understand the expectation and requirements and get up to speed. Give us that website one more time. LASafeschools.la.gov. Well, thank you very much for your time. You know, it's difficult to have these conversations sometimes and and uh, hopefully with the work you guys are doing and, and the work we're doing at GOSEP, we, you know, we can at least uh, find a way to address these situations, you know, uh, the best way possible. So thanks for your time and telling us what's in the works. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. For joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We also want to thank producer Troy Perez and the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, for use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at donatelifela.org. They also have a great podcast titled The Gifted Life Podcast. You can find out more on most of the topics we talked about today by following GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, get a game plan. On behalf of the staff at GOSEP, thanks for joining us. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.